Welcome to the Dream Big Nation podcast. In this show, veteran recruiter, wealth mentor, and entrepreneur, Lisa Williams, will take you on a journey of exploration and discovery to learn what it takes to hire yourself. Are you ready to dream big and grow into the person you're meant to become? If so, you're in for a treat. And now, here is your host, Lisa Williams. Hello, friends. Welcome back to our Dream Big Nation podcast. I am Lisa Williams, your host, and I am so excited to introduce our next guest, a gentleman that I am blessed to call a friend, Mr. David Mamano. David, welcome to our show. Hey, Lisa. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Appreciate it. Now, I'm going to give a little commercial on you before we get started. So, David has been just a prolific author and speaker. Um, He has been instrumental in starting up seven companies. And one of the things that I love most about David is what he really is focusing on a lot now is coaching and mentoring and hosting events for other entrepreneurs. And he's doing it all through his Avante Entrepreneur Network. So I just love how you give back, David. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, when you could combine your, your business purpose with giving back you know, things fall into place and it feels good. And, and, you know, when something feels good, you want to do more of it, right? So it all, it Absolutely. all ties in. Can you just, why don't you start by giving us just kind of your two minute story, if you will? Sure. I mean, I think I'm one of these people that was born to be an entrepreneur. It's in my spirit. It's in my heart. You know, I, uh, out of college, I got a job in, in radio sales, selling radio advertising for a few years. And I like my boss. I like the people, but I just felt like a caged animal, right? I just would get up in the morning and not really be excited to go to work. Never felt like I was reaching my potential. And, you know, in the beginning, I would blame it on other circumstances. But then I finally looked in the mirror and said, you know, this is, this is me. This is all on me. And so I decided that, you know, I think what I need to do is just, you know, have my own place, right? Now they call it entrepreneurship, but back in 95, it was just, and start my own business, you know, but I didn't know what it was going to be. I thought, you know, let me, let me go for some, you know, walks in the woods uh, and just think, think about my values, you know, what are my hobbies, what do I like doing anyway, and how can I relate that to starting a business? So I remember that I loved, in college, I ran the school newspaper and it was a big paper. It came out three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 11,000 copies. Every time we went to University of Buffalo, very big school. And it was, it was wonderful. I loved it. I sold ads. I wrote. So I thought, wow, maybe I could start a newspaper or a magazine. And then I, I was like, well, what is it going to be about? And, uh, and then I started thinking about my hobbies, right? And, 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 and mostly I went to like the volunteer hobbies, right? Like, what, what do I do just out of the goodness of my heart? And then you know, I was a big brother with the, you know, the big brother, big sister program in the city. I would take a kid out once a week that was underserved and helped him out. I volunteered at a camp for kids with cancer. It's called Camp Good Days and Special Times here in Rochester in the Finger Lakes. Junior Achievement, which many of you know, Junior Achievement. So I was like, wow, I certainly love helping youth with their future. How can I combine that with the magazine? And then it came to me where I would start a magazine that would help high school students with college career and life planning. Because there was just, you know, there still is so many high school students that really don't have a clue about what they want to do with life after high school. So I thought, wouldn't it be neat if I could help them with that path while they're still in high school? So started a magazine called Next Step Magazine, and I would help them. Uh, every article had to do with college planning, career exploration, and life skills. 
And, you know, listen, I'm 25, uh, no wife, no kids, no nothing. You know, I have the, uh, literally a geo prison with 140,000 miles on it. I'm like, if I lose that, I'll be fine. And, you know, with your career, leaving the corporate job, I tried to do it in a very classy way. And uh, I didn't want to burn any bridges just in case, right? Which now I tell people to burn the, like, don't be mean, but like burn the boats and just jump in head first, right? There's no going back. You got to make it happen, you know? But I said, you know, listen, let me, let me be nice. And if I do have to go back, I can, you know, I can call my old boss and, you know, he would, he would give me another shot, right? But thank God I didn't have to do that. So, uh, so started this magazine, we printed 10,000 copies, sold ads to make money, gave it free to the schools in bulk. And by the third issue, we made a profit. So got all excited and expanded as a Buffalo and Syracuse. And then uh, our two neighboring cities, I'm here in Rochester, New York, and then went to all of New York State. And then we started franchising into different states and regions. And before you know it, we're in every state, even Alaska, which is your neck of the woods, right? Originally. Uh, but we were in every state. We had 17 regional editions around the country. And um, it became a very, you know, great, profitable business. It was, you know, we were you know, doing many millions of dollars. We were an Inc. 5,000 company three years in a row. I was a Rochester top 100 company, you know, nominated for business person of the year. And, and this was a great business. But then I don't want to, I don't want to jump ahead because you probably have some more questions. But as you can imagine, it didn't always stay that way. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I think you're brilliant at is it seems like you've really, really found your, your gifts that are in alignment with with how you serve others. But but I think just as important, you've continued to find those gifts. Tell us a little bit about, I feel like there's a lot of people that they landed something and they and they really don't necessarily continue to evolve. And I, I truly believe that we're we're all blessed with so many gifts. I mean, how do you keep evolving? How, what advice would you give to others that maybe would feel stuck right now? Well, I continue to talk to other people about my path, my journey, what I want to do, where I want to go. You know, listen, I've been in business since 1995. I'm, I'm 51. You know, you, you would think that I would feel pretty comfortable in knowing it all. But I, I still feel like many days, like I'm just starting out because I'm always, I'm, I'm starting new stuff all the time, right? And I'm not where I want to be. So I'm always surrounding myself with people that are uh, like where I do want to be. Right. You know, uh, Jim Rohn, God bless his soul, said, you know, you are the average of the five people that you hang around with the most. And so sometimes you have to, you know, you can still be nice to them, but you have to you have to shed the five people and, and find five new people if you want to continue to grow to the next level. And, you know, I certainly have friends since literally first grade. Right. But when it comes to my business life, I'm always trying to upgrade who I'm talking to, who is mentoring me, who is in my, you know, kind of, they don't even know it, but, but they're, they're in like my own personal mastermind group, right? Where I can reach out to them and ask them questions. So, you know, I just, I literally just spent the weekend with a friend in Long Island. He's a college friend and uh, he's done very well in business, like, like beyond most people's wildest dreams well right? Uh, we're talking many, many millions of dollars well, right? And um, so I've been talking to him. I call him every morning on my way to work. Uh, and, and I just, we just, I just, we just chat. I ask him questions and he says, I'm helping him too, because by him, you know, helping me, he claims that I'm inspired. I'm reminding him and inspiring him to do things with his company, you know? You know so he calls it a win-win, but I just drove down to Long Island and spent time at his house. And 
And we, we spent many hours together just, you know, talking about where I want to go and, and, and me listening to some very, you know, great thoughts and, and advice from him because he's been there and done that, you know? And so I would, I would say the number one thing that really helps keep me inspired and focused and continuing to give back is, is reaching out to other people just to continue to learn and grow and never, never thinking you know it all. Right. Never thinking, you know, it always you always, you know, maybe somebody I'll get to the group where I'm playing bridge with Warren Buffett and Bill Gates. Maybe those will be some of my five people, you know, you uh, will. Yeah. I know you will. Yeah. You put it out there. You're going to do it, David. <laughs> I got to learn how to play bridge first, but uh, that, would, that would be Just, wonderful. You have you have the cigar smoking down, I'm sure you're probably yeah. pretty good at that. You know, does, pretty... Don't all New Yorkers have that? Uh, a lot of them do. Uh, I, I'm very smoke free only because my dad as a kid, you know, you know, back in the seventies and eighties, you know, smoking was done everywhere, the car or the house and, and, and frequently. Right. And I was always against my dad doing that, you know? So I, I kind of became this like ambassador of no smoke. So, but I, I, I can do a very good job with red wine. So that's where I make up for it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's so funny. You say that my dad was a smoker. It mm-hmm. was because it was so common then. And when I met my husband, he actually had smoked for a period of time. And my mom asked, she's like, I'm really surprised you're dating someone that is a smoker. And I'm like, yeah, mom, I'm glad. I'm surprised you married someone that's a smoker. Like, Whoa. She, she forgot. Right. <laughs> and yeah, my yeah, hubby, yeah. my hubby, I will give him credit. As soon as I told him, I, I thought maybe this would turn into something, but I didn't like to mm. kiss an ashtray. He stopped straight, straight wow. away. All right. That's when you I knew, have some right? influence, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, you so, know, that's when you knew that, that he was the right one, right? You kind of already touched on this, but I'd like to talk about diversification of your portfolio. You know that I'm a big, uh, I love just studying everything about financial education and, you know, having more than one income stream. How do you, you know, shift your business? When do you know it's time to shift? You've done, you've done so much in, in your career and how many income streams do you think that is good to have? Yeah, you know, that, that's a that's a great question. So, and it's two part. I mean, I, I've shifted because I've had to, right? Like, you know, with the magazine, you know, the core of that was a printed magazine for high school students, right? Now, 1995 to about you know, we'll say 2005, maybe maybe 2010, actually. You know, print was still viable, right? But then it just took a nosedive, right? It's just you know, the digital revolution really kicked in hard, and and so I had my clients telling me that, oh, Dave, you know, we love you. We love the magazine. We just don't want print anymore. Give us all your, your digital options, your web options, right? And I did, but never was the same, right? So eventually, I mean, we're just, the market dictated that we had to retire the magazine and go all online. And it never was the same. I mean, revenue dove and, you know, I ended up selling it and, you know, just really to stop the bleeding and move on to something else, you know? So I was shift. I was forced to shift into something else, right? And then I started Avanti, which is taking my experience of the highs and the lows, and creating programs to help other people start businesses. You know, so that became my path. But even with Avanti, you know, that really the core revenue model of Avanti developed into um, an in-person uh, meeting once a week. I mean, I'm sorry, once a month, right? We got they had about a hundred members, and we'd all get together uh, once a month to, you know, the first hour was kind of beer, wine, hors d'oeuvres, networking. And then the second hour, I bring in a speaker. So it was like connecting and learning with other like-minded kindred spirit entrepreneurs, right? 
And, and so obviously with COVID, you know, that, you know, that stopped, right? So here we are, you know, in, in July. And so that stopped in March. So March, April, May, June, July, it's been five months. We're not having events. So, so I was forced to, you know, shift again, pivot again. And so what happened was a company asked me to do a podcast, to create a podcast for them because they like mine. I'm like, yeah, I can do that. And so, you know, you know, you know, well, you know, cause we're, we're doing it together with you, but just, you know, from, from soup to nuts, like finding your why, establishing your goals, who are going to be your guests, who are you going to be your listeners, right? What's the revenue model? What's the marketing? What's the brand, right? And, and, you know, creating all the, the, the work beforehand and then, developing a system to have you become a great host and, and then getting it out of the world with, with every episode. So, so now I have, I'm actually working with four clients that are, you know, paying me to, to do podcasts for them, to create and produce podcasts for them. In addition, I'm still doing some consults consulting and that, you know, a lot of that is over zoom, right. But I've had to shift and, and pivot again, right. As far as multiple revenue streams, you know, there's two sides of that story, right. So, Some people will say it's nice to have different revenue streams and certainly it is, but I think the trick is, is, is really be able to super hyper-focus on one and have the other ones be, you know, the proverbial making money in your sleep. Like if you can set up the systems where you don't have to spend a lot of time on those other revenue streams, because there's definitely power in focus, right? There's definitely power in like taking, you know, your bandwidth and, and just laser focus on, on, on one thing that is your zone of genius, gives you joy, making money doing it, right? And because uh, otherwise, a lot of entrepreneurs that try to do five things and they, they kind of spread their bandwidth all over and, and they, don't do, they don't do any of the five things well, right? Whereas if they focused on one of those things, they could explode and do very, very well. So it's kind of an art, right? And entrepreneurs tend to be a little ADD and so really, you know, trying to focus on climbing one mountain at a time, you know, yeah. um, I have a relative that used to say, Dave, it's hard to ride two horses at the same time. Right. So I think it's, you know, if you could set up those different revenue streams where maybe other people are helping you and you're setting up systems to inspect what you expect, don't have to spend a lot of time on those. And you're able to super hyper focus on one big thing. I think that's the way to go personally. Yeah, well, and I think I interviewed Alex Stern, the founder of Constant Contact, a couple of mm-hmm. weeks ago, and he was talking yeah. about getting, you know, when you have an idea, don't necessarily just like call your your friends and family and talk to them about it, but really right. get it out to people like you had said that you really respect and admire that maybe aren't your circle of influence, but will give you an unbiased opinion. You know, like when you're thinking about a new idea, you're vetting, I mean, what's your process that you go through? And what would you suggest to others that maybe have something that they don't know if it would fly or not, you know? Yeah. Well, I think it's all the planning, right? I mean, there's, uh, you know, there, there's the, 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 the story about, the uh, lumberjack that was asked to cut down this, this huge tree. Right. And, and then they, they asked him, how how are you going to do it? So big. Right. And he said, well, the first, you know, 90% of my time, I'm going to, I'm going to sharpen my ax. Right. And the last 10%, I'll cut the tree down. And, and really I love that story because it is all about proper planning right? Doing the research, 
looking, I mean, with Google today, I mean, like, just like, if you want to start a business, what is, what is your end goal? Be very clear about that. Uh, and then reverse engineer that. How are you going to get there? And why is that your end goal? You know, look at other companies, other you know, type of companies that you're, that are in your space and what makes them successful. Right. And then, and then, you know, figure out really planning on how you're going to get there. Uh, because then the execution becomes easy, right? I mean, you think about, you know, a, a battle, right? A war battle, right? I mean, they're spending 90% of the time planning, right? They're, they got the charts out, right? And then 10% time is the battle. So I think before you do anything with a new product or company, you really have to go through a proper planning stage. You know, you know there's, there's the saying, you know, ready, aim, fire, right? And the ready and the aim definitely take longer than the fire. The fire is like, you know, now what most entrepreneurs do, and I'm guilty of this myself, is they do the ready fire aim, right? They kind of, they kind of get it wrong, right? And they like, they just launch and then see what happens, you know? And, and they, they don't spend proper time planning. And, you know, I'm only saying this because I'm guilty of it. I've done it myself. So. You talk about, you use a, a phrase that you say, you never let yourself be a closed loop. Can you, can you share with the audience what you mean by that? Yeah, I love that phrase. And, and I didn't make it up. I heard from a friend of mine, John Mitchell, uh, who has a company called Think It, Be It. And it, it's all, it, one of the tenets that he talks about is every day be learning, right? And I told you, I surround myself with people uh, that are smarter, better, faster, stronger than me. And that's part of my learning. But when I say don't be a closed loop, I also mean, you know, every day, what are you reading? What are you listening to? Like we've never had access to so much content and so much great content. So in my car, I'm listening to a book on tape or a podcast, you know, I, a treadmill, power walks. I'm always learning. I'm, you know, every, I'm trying to do one to two hours a day. Uh, in the morning, I try to read, you know, just a good old fashioned print book, you know. So, so even if it's like 10 minutes a day, read something, you know, but don't be a closed loop. Don't say like, oh, my learning is done. Because you're far behind very, very quickly. Oh, my gosh. I mean, right now, for those listening later, we're in the midst of COVID-19. And it's, you know, you see the people that have binge watched The Lion. What What is that? Tiger oh, the Tiger King. King. The Tiger King. <laughs> yeah, so you have it. I can tell, and right? Then, so, yeah. And then you see people that, like you said, are just, I mean, creating businesses and opportunities. I mean, we both know that some of the greatest companies ever created were were started during the depression. What sure. what do you see in the future? Maybe what are some things you're considering industries, you know, innovations in technology or verticals in particular? Can you share a little insight there? Well, for me, I think, you know, what, what COVID has proved is, is that, you know, audio and video consumption has gone up tremendously, right? You know, Zoom, Microsoft Teams, et cetera, has exploded Right. So I think when the world comes back together, there, there's going to be definitely a hybrid model of getting together. You know, I think people will start traveling again, but but maybe, you know, they won't go, you know, they won't travel to, you know, Atlanta from New York just for a meeting where they might have before. Right. Because then, you know, now they're thinking, well, I got to drive to the airport. 
I got to park my car. I got to fly there. Probably got to stay overnight if I don't have a connecting flight, right? For a two-hour meeting. That could be good. We don't know. And then I got to come back. I lose two days of work, right? Whereas now they can say, hey, you know what, John? How about we just set up a Zoom call, right? One hour. Boom. You know, all that time saved. I think people when the world comes back, though, I mean, you know, we are social creatures. I think events are going to come back, right? Two, three, four-day events, right? Whatever it is. And, and maybe that will be our travel. I do think you're going to see audiobooks and podcasting just go through the roof, right? Because people have more time. People have more time to listen to listen to audio. You know, Spotify is buying up, you know, podcasts and podcast networks left and right. So, yeah. Yeah. you know. Absolutely. So I, I, I think it's brilliant that you've started what you're doing in that space. Thank you. I mean, and just allowing others to just, I think you shared with me, it's kind of the, the Trojan horse of marketing, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I got and that from for, a good friend of mine, Stephen. Stephen Wessner told me that, and he helped okay. me start, start my, my podcast uh, four years ago almost. Okay. And yeah, the Trojan horse of marketing. I mean, it's, you know, it's a great way to, to get in the door and meet people. I mean, you could either you know, call the CEO of a successful company like Constant Contact, like you did. And you, you know, he or she might be say like thinking that you're trying to sell them something and so that you don't get anywhere, you know, or you could say, hey, you know, I have a podcast, you know, I've been doing it this long, uh, this many downloads, et cetera. I uh, would love to have you as a guest. And, you know, the, the likelihood of them saying yes to that is like so much more because, you know, they, they view it as a marketing opportunity, Certainly people love to talk about themselves and they get another 15 minutes, a half hour of fame, right? So, I mean, I, I talked to Grant Cardone, Jeffrey Gittimore, you know, Ellen Latham from Orange Theory Fitness. I mean, these people that I, I probably would have never got in the door to talk to and meet if I didn't, if I didn't do this, you know, so. Yeah. Now you're even doing, I love your Mamano minutes and I love yeah. how you, you even sometimes incorporate your kids into the mix. Yeah. Tell us about that and what, I, I just think those little sound bites sometimes are just what people mm-hmm. need to start their day. Yeah. Uh, tell us what, what inspired that and, you know, how could others maybe start doing something like that too? Yeah, you know, I did it. I started, uh, I want to maybe, maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago, um, I just had something, I an idea, a lesson I wanted to express. So I went on uh, Facebook, I just recorded a video, right? I called it the Momano Minute. And it really wasn't a minute. It was like three or four minutes. And uh, I put it on Facebook and LinkedIn. And I got, you know, people loved it. I got great, great reviews. And uh, and then so I just started doing it, you know, once a week, every other week type of thing. And then, you know, during COVID, I'm home with my kids and my little one. I said, hey, watch it. Uh, his name is Alessio. He's nine. I said, watch it. Watch you sit next to me. We'll do it together. And he's like, okay, dad. And people freaking loved it. You know, they're like, you should retire, Dave. Let Alessio run the show, you know. And uh, so... And, and, and so it's fun. And they're just weekly, biweekly, you know, kind of things that I'm thinking about, lessons, and trying, trying to inspire and help people in a, in, a, in a quick way, right? And yeah. I try to do keep it around a minute, but, you know, it, it usually is it's about, I'll say, somewhere between two and three minutes. So yeah. I actually started calling them a mono minutes. Minutes now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now, you and I have talked about a little bit about our faith journey. And one thing I do notice in my experience of interviewing so many uh, people like you that have had this level of success that often most people don't have an opportunity to experience, it seems there's this perpetual glass is 
not only half full, but almost overflowing. And I find a lot of people do have, you know, a higher power that they call on, whatever you call it, but that just that the idea is there's something good that's guiding them and that their life is meant for greatness. You know, can you tell us a little bit about your faith journey and what that's meant for you and your business success and life? Yeah, I mean, it's it, for mine. It's 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 been very consistent ever since I was a kid. You know, raised Catholic. You know, being Italian. That's 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 what we do. And you know, being an altar boy and good uh, ta- Catholic guilt mixed in there a little bit. A little bit, a little <laughs> bit. Good, yeah. Then you, you, mix the, you put the Italian thing in there too, right? So, but yeah. So I, I've always I have always said my prayers even as a kid every day, right? Every day I've always had a, a just a very good relationship with God. And and I talk to my relatives up there as well. And I start the day every morning with, you know, saying good morning to God and Jesus and all my relatives up there and thanking them and telling what I'm grateful for, um, requesting some things if I need some help. If, if it's their will, I say, you know, I'd love to, love to have some help with this, you know, and, and then, you know, saying some prayers, right? Our Father, Hail Mary, right? And, and that's how I, I start, start in my day. And throughout the day, I'm you know, I might do some mini prayers or, or at least just do, you know, thank, you know, thank God for some things that have happened during the day, you know, and I try to get back, you know, if I, if something is good is happening for me, I, I will try to balance, you know, balance everything out because I'm like, I'm grateful and I want to, I want to be able to do something, you know, put something in the, in the universe to say thank you for letting this good thing happen to me. Yeah, so I, 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 I always feel, I feel that there's a path for me and I'm just following, you know? And it's a good path. And one of the things I just love how generous you are from the start of our friendship, you just have really touched my heart and given so much of yourself. And I find, you know, more people, if they were to actually start every conversation with that idea of how, how can I serve this person I'm speaking with, this world would just be an amazingly better place, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I'm re- I, I reread this book every year. It's it, you know, the, it originally was called "The Greatest Salesman in the World," right, uh, by Og Mandino, and and it's just it's different scrolls that you read every day. And I'm, I'm on the second one right now, which is saying, you know, I will greet this day with love in my heart, right? And it's basically approaching everybody, and in your mind you're saying, I love you. Right. And, 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 you know, we are so in control of our, of our thoughts, right. In our mind uh, with the words that we use and, and it just makes such a difference. Right. And, and so if anybody, you know, does want to kind of reset their, their mindset and their attitude and their quality of life, therefore, it's an incredible, incredible book that, you know, it's the greatest uh, salesman in the world. And then they, and then you also uh, change it to the greatest secret in the world. Just make it for everybody. Ogmandino, who is very, very religious, found God. And I mean, he was a drunk in the street and then and, uh, and became editor of success magazine and became a prolific writer and speaker. Uh, unfortunately, he's dead. I would love to meet him. Good interview. Oh my God. Could you imagine that? Imagine. Yeah. 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 Now you, I always love to ask this question. I've asked you this before. We're almost out of time and I want to fit it in. You, your family is everything to you. You always put them first. You have so many gifts that you're giving your children, but tell me if, if there were, you know, you didn't have the opportunity to leave them material things, 
Um, but you could give them advice and experience. What would you leave them? I would want them to know that their, you know, their security is always inside of them with their ability and their faith, right? So I, I joke that you could drop me in the middle of Saudi Arabia where I don't, you know, I'm not Arab. I don't speak the language, but, but within a few weeks, I would, I would find a way to survive, right? Maybe I'm opening up an Italian uh, 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 macaroni stand, right? I, I, I would know. love to see what you, yeah. you, you design we, in Saudi Arabia. That would uh, be we, awesome. You find a way, like it's, you know, ability is inside. And then, and then, and then along with faith and then just a consistent hard work ethic. Right. So, yeah. uh, but that's, that's the ability. That's the, what I would want to leave my kids with is that, you know, it's, it's, it's in them. It's, it's in their mind. It's in their heart to, to, to make things happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, my goodness, thank you, David, so much for your time. How, how can our listeners get in touch with you or connect with you? Maybe there's opportunities they want to explore with you or get some coaching from Avanti. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the best way to get in touch with me is go to avantientrepreneur.com. I have a great, I think it's great. I love doing it. I, I, a weekly newsletter that's free comes out every Wednesday morning. It's brilliant. I love oh, it. Thank you. Yeah. I got some great, I, I write, I try to write something, you know, from my heart every week. And, uh, and, and so, so you can sign up for that, but you can contact me from there as well. And, and I, I answer all my own emails usually within 24 hours or less. Awesome. Well, friends, we are out of time. I thank you so much, David, for the blessing and the gift of your your time with us. As, as you know, our listeners tend to be either early stage or aspiring entrepreneurs. And I know from personal experience how advice from folks like you who have been in that stage is absolutely crucial for success. And to my amazing listeners, I'm so blessed to be part of your day. If you want to catch up on past uh, podcast, go to dreambignationpodcast.com and there's lots of other resources available at perfectsidegigs.com as well. Blessings to you, friends, in this amazing life journey. Bye, David. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Hey, Dream Big Nation community. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to learn more about working with Lisa and her team directly, go to lisawilliamsco.com and learn how to hire yourself.